Welcome to our special bonus episode of the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse, Hida, and MJ. We recently put a poll on social media asking our followers which recent Netflix film they would like to discuss. Well, they'd like us to discuss. The overwhelming result was Netflix's 103rd film, the 2018 teen romance to all the boys I've loved before. It's directed by Susan Johnson, starring Lana Condor, Noah Centino. I'm going to get that stuff this up. Centino. Close enough. Noah Centino. Just, just call him Noah. Noah. Oh, man, I did have that down pat. Janelle Parrish, Anna Cathart, Andrew Batchelor, Tezza Mahoro, Madeline Arthur, Amelia Baranak, Israel Brazau, and John Corbett. Well, big cast list. <laughs> Welcome to the show, boys. Thanks, mate. It was exciting to hear you say bonus episode, <laughs> but it was, I reckon, more exciting hearing you say 103rd episode. I'm so used to saying, uh, this is the 12th Netflix yeah. film. This it's Noah Centino. Hey, here we go. You got it. Hey. <laughs> I got it. I worked it out. Worked it out. <laughs> Were you just reading the cast list until you got to John Corbett? Because that was a long list. It was a long list. Yeah, and I, I was going to cut one. it out, and then I was like, oh, I don't want to cut people out if people think they're good characters. <laughs> or, so stuck with the, the full list. Nah, fair enough. We did well. It's good. Good to, to being doing things a little bit out of order, I guess. Um, hey, we should preface. I know we've been doing this in our other podcast, but we will be spoiling the film. Um, if you are someone who hasn't seen this film and want to watch this film, uh, give it a go and watch it prior to listening to us because uh, we'll probably ruin it. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely will. I'd say we will. I'd say we will. <laughs> so um, we start our show off with a section called Fast Flicks, where we go around the table and do a quick summary of the film. Heater kick us off today. Thanks mates. Alright, so a teen girl's wife is turned upside down when her secret love letters she had written to five boys over the years are mailed out to them. Good, short, sweet. That's what happens. MJ. <clears throat> um, a bubbly modern day take on a stale fairy tale format. We go inside the mind of a quiet love struck junior as she gets catapulted into social high school relevance with the shock release of her secret love letters. Nice. Um, I've gone with a young girl writes a bunch of letters to boys she's had feelings for with the intention of no one ever seeing them. These letters get out and to help with the fallout, the good looking jock of the school offers to be her pretend boyfriend. The only issue is how long can this fantasy last? Oh, you're back to asking questions. I love, <laughs> love asking questions in your fast flicks. You know what's funny? We all mention the love letters, right? And well, I think I, I specifically didn't write. I said boy she had feelings for. But we all reference the fact that she yeah, wrote, she wrote these letters. Wrote yeah, these yeah, letters. Um, and obviously, if you watch the trailer, or I'm sure the synopsis anywhere you read it's going to reference them. Hmm. This struck me, uh, this is actually the second time I watched this film. It struck me both times how little relevance the letters actually have to anything in the story, uh, to her relationship with anyone. If nothing else, it's a, it's a catalyst for starting maybe the conversations with these guys. But I was, I remember the first time thinking, these love letters are just going to come, keep coming back and smacking her in the face. And I just, I actually really like the fact that, yeah, they happen, but we're not going to base a whole story on it. It's yeah. just a nice little uh, differential to any other sort of rom-com. It, it, it was a good catalyst, yeah, you say, for it to have a do it. I guess when I kind of started watching, I kind of figured like the letters would come out and the whole school would have them yeah. and she'd, she'd be teased and like, yeah. you know, she wouldn't be able to go to school because the whole, that all of her classmates knew about the letters yeah. and stuff like that. So I actually enjoyed the way it went down a lot better than yeah, I guess me too. What, what I was thinking was going to happen. I think, yeah, I think everyone thinks it's going to be like the burn book in Mean Girls. It's just going to explode. Mm. Yeah. And the, the letters were 
the basis for all the relationships though. Like, you know, allowed for the, the relationship with the sisters It allowed for the relationship with these boys. Yeah. They, they did while they maybe weren't referenced a lot. They were that underlying sort of catalyst. Yeah, you're right. And I think the heater's point, that's kind of why I thought it was done better. Cause I, I think yeah. most people will think the same thing, but here's a story about a girl who uh, writes these letters and then the letters get out. Everyone's like, Oh God, yeah. like, this is going to be social. <laughs> yeah, like social suicide. One of those ones. No, yeah, it's not. It's all kept pretty well under wraps. All right, so um, let's let's have a chat. We always talk about some things that we've learned about this film, um, or some some facts about it. Hita, you're, you're our favourite um, host with these. <laughs> Fill us in with what you got. Oh, uh, the big one is it's based on a novel by yes. Jenny Han. Correct. 2014. Yeah. Um, so the novel it was optioned by Will Smith's production company, mm. which I thought was pretty cool as well. Mm. So he obviously um, knew that there was a bit of a, a market for this to be adapted. I think that was because, to, from what I can gather, a lot of studios that wanted to adapt this film wanted to change Lara Jean's character to, to a white yeah. American girl as opposed yeah. to uh, keeping her Asian American. Yep. Um, and Jenny Han, to her credit, or Jenny Han, to her credit, was just like, no, no, that's not going to happen. So, yeah, Will Smith and, and the company, Overbrook Entertainment, were the ones that came on board and said, no, we're, we're all in, let's, let's do this. And then it became legit. The, the other thing sort of to, to follow on from that is that um, the author also copped a bit of flack about, um, so yes, she stood by the, the Asian American actress, but then she copped a bit of flack for it, all the males being white as well. So yeah, it's like she a did, yeah. Situation. It's a hard one, isn't it? Yeah. At the end of the day, that's, and I think she said, that's the book that she wrote, right? That's the story that she wrote and maybe she wanted to try and relate to a character that maybe was her back in the day and that's, mm. how, that's how it panned out. So... I, I think you got to give her credit for sticking with her guns in the first place. How tempting would it be if someone's like, hey, we're going to make your movie into a book. We just got to change one character. Right? You'd be like, oh, hey, okay. Yeah, here we go. You know, this, is, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. People would do that as well. Absolutely. Exactly. So yeah. credit where credit's due. And I think I love the fact that this um, released two days after Crazy Rich Asians, obviously by pure chance. Yeah. <laughs> It just supports that whole, you know, Asian renaissance of Hollywood that's, that's happening and what Crazy Rich Asians was the first film in 25 years, uh, first American film in 25 years to have an all-Asian cast. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice it's a nice little uh, pairing with that to, to really show. Cause, and, and, and what's her name? Um, Lara Condor, who plays... Um, Laura Condor, who plays Lara Jean, was, it was excellent in this and it would have kind of almost felt weird if, if she wasn't who she was. So Yeah. So there's... It's a book in a trilogy. So there's yeah. two other books. So they've already mm. started filming the the sequel. Yeah, the whole cast is I returning. Like, they've said. Yeah, P.S. I, P.S. I still love you. Yeah. Um, I, when I was reading that, I was like, um, that's been done. I, <laughs> I definitely got confused about that going, hang on, that's a movie already out, isn't it? And it took me a few guys reading and going, hang on, there's an extra word in there. That's clever. It plays into the yeah. fun vibe that this, this film and I yeah. guess this series eventually is going to all be about. But did you see what the, I haven't read the books but did you see what the sequel's about yeah the the dude that rocks up yeah, the yeah, door at the end yeah, yeah the guy the guy who's going to come in and cause uh, John 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 Ambrose yeah yeah so yeah I guess there's there's that need to, to continue that story I guess so yeah. the guy who played him actually um, auditioned for the role of um, Peter yeah, yeah Peter yeah Peter, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Another, the, so the scene um, where Kitty offers Peter that you're cool, um, it led to a <laughs> I've spike. got this down, yeah, because I knew you, you, you'd... Uh, led to a spike in sales yeah. uh, of your cult. So what was your thought about the product placement well, in general? to me, I knew what it was, but I don't think that they really 
I didn't think that that was flogging that it was your cool. Really. They hit it pretty well. Pretty well yeah. yeah. So I thought that was good. There are a couple of other product they placements. They talked about the product a lot, though. Yeah. They did, but they yeah. called it Korean um, yeah. yogurt or something. Yogurt, yeah, they didn't yeah. call it. To, to, to go to your point, I think th- three weeks after the film was released, um, the shares in the in your cult had risen 2.6%. Mm. <laughs> Some good good stats that's, to follow it up. That's great, after, yeah. After it had been declining the previous few years. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, got a massive rise. So we talk about product, product placement a lot in this podcast, but this just goes to show that it's beneficial for everybody to mm. get involved. There was another product placement, which I, I think you guys probably picked up on. Uh, I, I, I turned a blind eye. Turned a blind eye. No, Subway. I, I had you help. Oh, yeah, Subway. Was Subway. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So, like, literally, but she's got that text coming up on the screen, and, and yeah. she's even got, like, emojis with, like, little yeah. Subway logo on it. And yeah. then at the end, they're eating Subways under the bleachers as well. So yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and how much, did you, how much did you want to have a sub after watching this as well? No. <laughs> a sub with a side of your cool. <laughs> Couldn't think of a worse combination. <laughs> Yeah, I would have had some Subway <laughs> cookies. <laughs> um, another thing that I saw was that so the letters um, that were seen in the movie were actually physically written by the actress yeah. uh, Lana. Mm. Um, so during a lunch break, she wrote several copies as you know they ripped them up throughout the film and stuff like that. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. How often that would happen. There's obviously lots of Usually handwriting. Prop in department would yeah. probably yeah. look after that. But no, so I thought that was cool. Mm. Really slumming it. I like it. I tried to really, I tried to really look to see. Um, we know that Netflix is really coy about releasing any kind of data around ratings, um, and when you have a podcast that's dedicated to Netflix films, <laughs> that's a bit of a pain, <laughs> a bit of a bugbear for us. But um, this being such a big film, they did come out, and I think we learnt this when when Bird Box came out that Netflix kind of only talks about their ratings when they've got a good story to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they did mention that this was the most viewed original Netflix film um, at the time it was released. Okay. Um, they sort of estimated that around 80 million subscribers had seen it. Wow. Um, this is worldwide, <laughs> yeah. of course. Not you know, We're in Australia. What's our population? Late 20 mils? Is yeah, top around 25 or so. Yeah, so... Um, Obviously got a huge, a huge. I think they said Bird Box got like two hundred million or something like that, and that was then everyone's like Netflix let you lie. That, 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 that sounds <laughs> crazy. <laughs> but then it got to the point where it's actually the second most rewatched movie on Netflix, behind Kissing Booth, which is number one, ah. which I'm not particularly familiar with, but I have heard of. I think it's a similar sort of um, um, yeah market or target yeah. audience, same audience, after, yeah. yeah, similar timing as well. I think that yeah. whole Summer of Love that they released, yeah, they released time yeah. so. Um, so, the consensus and the reception of this film... It's really good. It's pretty positive, yeah, really positive. from critics. 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's yeah. that's huge. Wow. And it's that's really... off 61 reviews, so it's not like it's only a couple. <clears throat> like that, mm. That's big. And audience score of 87%. So, really big. Mm. Yeah, all, all the reviews I saw, real positive. Really, really enjoyed it. Well, that's critics. the thing. Like, you can understand how this film would really appeal to your general moviegoer. Yeah. But the critics really got behind it as yeah. well. And I, I think with good reason. Yeah. Um, but it was very popular, and that that translates to people wanting to watch it, and yeah. the sequel getting made, and seven point three percent on IMDb, which is also pretty high. Yeah, that's, that's very high. Yeah, um, three and a half on Letterbox, which is about a seven. So, so yeah. Did you notice that Letterbox had more ratings than IMDb? Just I didn't. Letterbox know. being obviously more of a movie going yeah. kind of kind of app or website for for people. But interesting to see. Had that. more. Yeah, oh, I, I, good. I, I counted uh, just under sixty thousand ratings. Whew. That's huge. Um, for the box, which is crazy. Yeah. There's yeah. only four thousand on IMDb, so that that's crazy. 
So four thousand or forty thousand? I think there might have been about fifty-eight thousand. Fifty-eight thousand. I must yeah, be. 58, yeah, fifty-eight thousand. Yeah, fifty-eight thousand. Yeah. Wow, I'm no good with numbers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the only sort of criticisms That's I could find, right. <laughs> any sort of criticisms I could find around the film was that it was too good-hearted and it was too sweet. That were the only sort of negative things I could I could find about the film. So. Yeah, that's that goes to yeah. the point that most people enjoyed it, I guess. And mm. there aren't a lot of films, I guess, that are just a good story with very little sort of um, negative subplots yeah. and things like that. It's it? got a happy ending, and yeah, yeah. I actually think I had some really nice messages for that for that sort of young teen audience as well. It didn't, yeah, it, it remained responsible with who they're trying to trying to target. Agreed. Yeah, and, and that was done through. It was a lot. very well made. That was done through a lot of uh, dialogue from the dad uh, <laughs> at certain times. But we can, we'll probably talk a little bit about some of those things. Um, so, can I assume later. that neither of you guys have read the book? Nope. I've not. Read, no, I've not read the book either. The book. I've not read the book either. But apparently, very popular. There are a few differences, though. That, yes, yes. And I'm there assuming are. some of our listeners would have read the book. And, and, probably. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the bugbears from audiences might be around things that the were... The changes. Uh, was there, what were the Which is pretty things? general, I guess. Yeah, when, it is if you love a book. When books go to movies, there's always going to be wife changes. Is in that boat. Like. My wife loved the book and yeah. she was a bit so-so. Yeah. Film, so. Oh, wow. I think one of the big changes so that I saw was um, in the book... Kitty, so um, the, the, yeah, the younger sister, she sends out the letters because she's mad at, mm-hmm. at, at Laura Jean, not because you know she wants ever to have a boyfriend. So she does it out of spite and anger. Kitty was great. Loved, Kitty. Loved her. Yeah. He was great. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, box off. So it dropped in August 2018 on Netflix. Um, this is one of the films in a while, I guess, that sort of was nominated for a few awards. Actually... Um, one one kids choice award in 2019 for the favorite male actor for Noah. For Noah, say his last name. No, Do you remember? Just, I just go with Noah. No, you know it. Centino. No, I stuffed it up again. Take your time. Noah Centino. 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 Need to syllabalize yeah. it. He was almost cast as Josh as well. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. A few questions about Josh. We'll get to that. Um. So it was nominated for favorite movie at the. What did he win? Sorry, what did he win? So he won the favorite male actor at the Kids Choice Awards. Not surprised. Yeah, that sounds right, doesn't it? (laughs) The movie was also nominated for favorite movie. Yeah. It was nominated for best music supervision in a TV movie for the Guild of Music Supervisors Award, and then nominated for best ensemble at the Joey Awards in Vancouver, and also a a contemporary makeup award as well. So. Um, had a heap of nominations so far, and I guess there's still a chance it'll probably might could even get a few yeah. more nominations um, for other things. Yeah, true, as well. true. Am I going to give you a question without notice and asking who beat it for the favorite movie? I didn't look up the sorry the, uh, <laughs> Kids Choice Awards. Oh, sorry, I am sorry. Um, Kids yeah, Choice Awards 2019. So it's a recent award. Um, filmed in Vancouver, yeah, British Columbia, and took about a month to film, and mm. a few scenes in Portland and Oregon as well. So yeah. um, went over into the states. Look, we've had quite a few movies filmed in Canada. Um, I guess to start the uh, the Netflix films. I think they get a good tax rebate mm. um, for filming in certain areas of Canada, um, and I think they've got a good setup there as well. I know um, Star Trek Discovery, which Netflix helps fund as well. Yep. As, you know, there was this outrage when it was released that um, they weren't filming it on CBS Paramount lot in America, but it was just so much cheaper for them to take it north of the border. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, other than that, are there anything, any other sort of uh, things that we can see 
Um, any connections to any other films? There was one other scene where there was the sister was on. Um, she was on her MacBook, sitting there trying to Skype her sister, and the big Apple logo was on there. I was going to yeah. ask you how you <laughs> felt about the um, when they're watching Golden Girls. Or oh, was. I've got that. Yeah, yeah. your but favorite actress. <laughs> how do you feel about them watching it on the laptop? I thought that was very much like it's modern. I know. That's I like that's what I thought as well. I'm like very modern, very much. Uh, we are obviously talking about a streaming product that we're watching. So. Um, Best movie, to... best movie, by the way, it was uh, Avengers Infinity War. Infinity War. Yeah, fair okay. enough, yeah. yeah that's, that's, yeah, fair, fair loss. I'll give it to that. You tell, it took me a long time to find it. <laughs> <laughs> so characters, okay, we got to, let's talk about some characters while we're at it. All right. Hit us up, Heath. Hit us, hit us up with some what you liked about what didn't like about some characters. Love the dad. <laughs> Agreed. And he, did he was such fantastic. A good job. That was really clever. Yeah. Really good casting, really good. I love the fact that it was just a light, fun relationship. Yeah. But he was still like, I'm your He dad. still had the good messages and stuff. He still got, kind of told him about uh, the responsibility we needed to. But he was, yeah, they're having fun with him. And, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, he, he's the father of three daughters on his own. So um, it's going to be a tough relationship. But I, I, I thought, um, yeah, that, that was a great um, character and great uh, role for it was, uh, John Corbett. And I thought he did really well. And yep. him and Lara Jean together had really good chemistry yeah. as well. Really good father-daughter chemistry. Um, probably like the, the the two the two scenes that spring to mind is when he's kind of eavesdropping on the stairs, um, and he just he just yeah. literally says like, "I've never seen you this happy." Simple yeah. as that. Like, yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And obviously, the other one where he takes her to the cafe. Um, I just I, I like the way because I mean that's a tricky situation and. In so many films where there's like a teenage girl having a crisis, yeah. they never turn to their parents. No. And you kind or, of, especially with their dad. Yeah, exactly well. right. Yeah. So it's, it was nice to have that safety net there. Mm. Um, maybe it did feel a bit safe, but I, I really enjoyed that. It was a really, nice, uh, really nice relationship there. Mm. Any other ones that we really do you like? Oh, I'll, I'll keep going yeah, if okay. you like. Yeah, go um, Anna Cathcart, who played Kitty. I thought she was great. I thought she was very funny. She was actually one of my favorite parts of the movie. Okay, so... Uh, and you didn't like her. I so can yeah, tell by the way you're looking at me. It's not that I didn't like... So I, I thought all the characters were really fleshed out and I thought all the characters were really good except Jen, the sort of bad girl villain. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that did my head in because... I hated her. All the... <laughs> supposed to. Like every, every character was this nice character that sort of progressed or changed a little bit over the film, whereas she just remained nasty and bitter the whole time and I didn't like that. I thought that that for the, this film and the, the overall feeling of it, you needed change in everyone. So it would have been nice for her at the end to sort of her just The very last scene, Jesse. You're talking yeah. about Jen? Yeah, Jen? her yeah. very last scene. She basically said, like, everyone's not as tough as um, as you think they are. Yeah. Like, even me. What did she say? Everyone's, everyone is going through their own battle. And mm. she walks out without trying to pick a fight. But she, but that's in the bathroom, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So prior to that, she just said, I didn't put that video online, but I'm glad someone did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if that's the final scene saying that this chick's changed, she... were you were you expecting her to back down and say everyone's going through their own battle? Yeah, and and like sorry that that was that wasn't me. I'm sorry that that was put online, and then that would have been like a full circle for her as well. Did did everyone need to make a full circle? Like I would argue that Lara Jean doesn't make a full circle, but has Ooh. an awesome character arc. Oh, I reckon she gets there in the end. But so oh, the, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So, so did you like Kitty though? Okay, so sorry, yeah, so Kitty. <laughs> I didn't hate her character, but I just didn't like the dialogue and the comic relief that they tried to use her for because I didn't find her comic relief 
funny or necessary. Oh, okay. It didn't feel like it really broke up the awkwardness in situation. I found it funny. So I liked it. It was definitely a deliberate ploy, wasn't it? For it, him to let you just remember we're watching something that's light and funny because every now and then she'd mm. come over dog now. And it, it was like um See, it was it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> no, it was like that this she was put in as a character who wasn't was supposed to be this kid that didn't know anything. Didn't understand anything was going on. Mm. And the first sort of time that you see that is when they're at the airport saying goodbye to Margot and um, Kitty literally says like, um, you know, oh, do you think that she's going to turn around? And then... Um, that's not Margot. Yeah, that's not Margot. Straight down. Like, you don't know your sister. Like straight away. It's like you don't know anything that's going on. And then like, you know, the the helmet in the car. Like I didn't find that funny. <laughs> no? Okay. Um, I'm glad that you're laughing at yeah. this. I was, I was worried about you more than Jesse. I, I found that the, the, the helmet yeah. in the car is down as my favorite scenes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. And good. The, this the, is good. The conversation she had with the dad about menstruation and stuff was like, it just didn't run the flow. And I know that he was a gynecologist and that was like, but I was just like, oh, that wasn't really needed. And then, um, you know, the big block at the end where everyone's outside and everyone cracks it that you like Josh and you yeah. like whoever. And then she's like, well, I guess I'll just order some pizza. I was like, oh. that. But that was, as I said, that happened, like, that was one of the notes that I made about the director is that so many scenes ended. I actually wrote, I guess I'll order a pizza. Um, <laughs> so many scenes ended with a little quip, whether it was Kitty or whether it was someone else. Um, and that was, I think that was his way of saying that, you know, this is still a light rom-com. We're going to, we're going to slowly dip our toes into some really serious issues for, uh, for, for teenagers and and what's important to them, but we're going to have fun with it. I feel like it makes it more impactful if you you just leave the scene like that and then fade out rather than try to make a comic relief. I think the tone of the film changes if Mm. if you do that. Yeah. I thought the comic relief I get that, but like, you you can't life's not just all happy the whole time you've got to have those downs every now and then and to me to have those downs you remove those little quips from kitty sure anyway that's i think it's a different film if you yeah 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 definitely and but maybe that that's just you know i don't know to me to develop the film a bit more and give it a bit more oomph yeah yeah anyway um oh uh wana condor clara jean i thought I thought she was fantastic. That, I think that's the first time I've ever seen her acting. I thought she did a great performance. Yeah. I think she was really mm. funny, really endearing. I think she was incredibly relatable for teenagers, mm. or young adults, and uh, honestly, not just for girls. Like, I know a lot of the themes that, you know, like, I've got, you know, I'm crushing hard on this guy. And, mm. But there's so many things that she went through that guys in high school would have gone through or are going through in terms of just fitting in socially and what do you think when you like this person or that person? And I just love how relatable she was. It was yeah. awesome. I thought she also had really good chemistry with a lot of her co-stars Couldn't as well. Agree more. I th- mm. It was cast really well. Like mm. there, were, there, wasn't, there wasn't really yeah. anyone that was like, oh, you know, you weren't really made for that role. They did, did a good job. Can I put one in there that wasn't cast well? Yes, do it. Margot. Margot? Margot. Okay, why? So when she came on screen, I thought she was their mother. I just thought ah, she looked so much older okay. than the rest of them. I had a look. So she's nine years older than Lara Jean. Um, I think she, when it comes out, she's 30 playing an 18-year-old, which often happens in movies. But I, I just when I was looking at her, I just thought she looks so much older. And I, I really did think she was her mother before you find out as a sister. I went, well, no, nah, she, she's I, really old. I think that's good casting, though, because that yeah. was her role in the house, was that she was the mother and then she yeah. was leaving. So it was like to Lara Jean, now you're the mother. Incredibly. You, you need to look after Kitty. You know what? Yeah. It took me two watches to really figure that out as well. Um because my, I think one of the first things I was thinking was they keep referencing Lara Jean's mother, right? 
And I can understand for her character, it's a really important part of her story that her mother's passed away. She doesn't have a mother. She grows up with a single dad and her sisters. But I was also thinking, but why do they keep referencing it? Nothing comes about with it. There's nothing that changes with it. But I think I figured out sort of more after watching it the second time is that Margot really is that maternal figure to her. Mm. And, and her leaving the house in the first place, this is where Lara Jean gets the chance to grow gets a chance to come out of her shell, gets a chance to be someone and stop living in her little fairy tale, which obviously fairy tale is, you know, all about this whole film. Um, and I think I noticed near the end when she has a hoo-ha with, with Peter and she comes home and she sees a photo of her mother on the wall and then the next minute you realise that Margot's there and Margot comes down the stairs and that was almost just like a slap in the face of, yeah, this is, this is my maternal figure. Yeah, you still need your maternal figure. But it was her leaving that gave her the chance to grow in the first place. And her leaving, like, you know, things went really bad for her. Kitty may not have, you know, the, it's the whole the whole focus of, you know, doing that goodwill throw out. That, oh, yeah. mm. that gave an excuse for, I know in the end it wasn't how the letters got thrown out, but that's, yeah, yeah. that's the, the whole the process of, again. you know, yeah. Kitty doesn't have something, a responsible adult to say, hey, how can we help your sister? Because the older sister's gone. Yeah. So to my point about Lara Jean not being fully developed from a character, I, I, she doesn't come full circle and, and there's probably two, and I prefer that she doesn't because it's a little bit too Disney princess kind yeah. of setup. There's, there's, two, there's two reasons that I, that I think this right at the end and um, when she's chatting with Josh at the end um, and she kind of says about uh, with Peter, you know, if I admit it wasn't real, then I haven't really lost him. It takes Josh to push her initially to be like, no, no, you need to go do this. Because you get the feeling if she's not getting pushed and prodded by the right people, she's still going to probably, you know, float back into into being a bit more uh, closed off. So it's it's Josh initially that gets her to jump in the car, which again is probably like a big thing for her that I think she, she says when she gets to Peter at the end, like, I drove here. <laughs> and and then, she, then she says, okay, bye, and walks <laughs> yeah. off. And again, it's, it's Peter who just gives her that last little prod um, the last little nudge to sort of say, no, no, what have you got to say? And I think it's okay that you need those people. And mm. I like that message that you need those people to keep pushing you along. You're not on your own. It's not going to be easy all the time, but it does get better. I, yeah, I, I thought that the, to me, that that closing scene was evidence of her coming full circle because the opening scene was literally that fairy tale like scenario yep. where, um, you know, she's she's in that dream from that book that she's reading, written, uh, read. <laughs> she didn't write it. The book she was reading, uh, The Forbidden Kiss, and um, you know, you had her in this red outfit, and the boy was in the blue. So it's like these really, you know, symbolic, stereotypical colors of love and lust and those sorts of things. And you know, and then at the end, she makes that comment that you know, um, you know, I was finally in love in a field. It wasn't the field in the opening scene, but it was a field of a lacrosse. Lacrosse field. field. And I, I thought that you know, and. You know, she asked about the contract. What sort of contract do we need for yeah. natural relationship? And it was like nothing. You just need trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, "Okay, cool. Let's go with the flow." So I agree with you. I agree that I think that was all done really well. But I like the fact that it wasn't easy and perfect for her to still get to that point. And no, I, no, not at all. Like she needed multiple people to push her along the way. Yeah, that, that was the whole hmm. thing. Was like, but I, I think the message is that you're going to continue to need people to push you. And yeah, I, and I like that. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. like you know, the dad 
takes over making the, the desserts, whatever she's making, yeah. says, go out. You need to go out. Yeah. Kitty is champion, isn't gives it? the letters out. Yeah, exactly. Josh tells her she's to always do getting pushed. Other people yeah. pushing her. But she'll, you know, and, and she's also the one that's going out and doing it as well. So And, and um, Lucas her friend, tells her to get in the spa. Lucas tells her to get in the spa. Her friend Chris, she put her in to go on the ski trip Come thinking she wasn't going to come. She goes, yeah. no, I'm coming on the ski trip for you. So everyone sort of pushed her along a bit. But to I, me, that was her learning and taking on everyone yeah. to come to where she was at the end. Yeah. I get the feeling that, uh, from what I can gather, that Chris in the books is very much a minor role and not that really close friend who's something. just always there for her. Um, that was probably one thing that I read about, that it's, it's changed a little bit because I thought she was a really good character. She was good, yeah. Mm. I, th- I thought um, when when she rocked up to the ski trip and she sort of like was a bit seedy because she'd been at an EDM, um, <laughs> I was like, compared to XOXO, <laughs> it's a completely different type of character that we see going yeah. to these breaks. But um, th- that was just a... If you haven't listened to our episode on XOXO... To be honest, if you, I reckon X, the, the, the To All The Boys I Love Before audience might not mind XOXO. So if you are, you know, if you've got Netflix at home, you're already paying for it. So <laughs> And then go back and listen to our episode. <laughs> Uh, what else? Any other characters? Anything else that we well, down the about? fairy tale theme? I thought that Lucas was like this fairy godmother. Um, every time he was in a scene, was purely to just be like, "You can do this," or like, "I'm here for you." And I liked that. I thought it was really cool. And I think so many parts of this kept that fairy tale part of it. I, I like the fact that they didn't shy away from that because this is a story that's been done a million times, right? That, mm. um, I, I really, I really liked the wallpaper in her bedroom behind her bed. It was like that sort of fantasy like stars and all that sort of stuff and there were lots of times where she was sitting on the end of the bed or she's in her room and um you know there was a scene near the end where margaret goes to her she goes um you know um i want you to admit that it's not nice to, just to live in a fantasy um and you know you've got that background so it's like you know her room's that that where she has those imaginate like she mm. keeps imagining the boys on either side of her or they're, they're talking to her in her room so it's time to break yeah. out of the room mm. so yeah i thought it was cool and she does it at the end did you find it weird when they were just watching her Clean the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. kind of didn't react to them. <laughs> that was a bit weird. Um, any other characters? No. no I think right, we've well, done well with the, Yeah. Yeah. The actor, um, the directors, this is, I haven't seen the, any of the other the, uh, directors' other work. It's only a second feature, I think. Yeah. Second feature. She done three shorts, I think. Yep. Susan yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Um, Carrie Pilby was the her first feature. Um, haven't seen that one. Haven't even heard of it. So nah, me neither. So no, I might need to check it out. Um, any other actors that we could see filling in these roles? I, I, I'm going to start off and I'm not going to suggest anyone because I don't want to be in trouble with any of the listeners. Um, but I think we spoke that we <laughs> think they know, they know, they know it well. They yeah. Really and if you um, say Noah Centino was no good for this role, I reckon we get our heads bitten off. Yeah, because I think Netflix thought he was pretty good. Netflix, he was good. They gave him a few, he, few other roles. He did, he did he a very good, good yeah. He was and good. He's kind of, you know, that the dreamy high school yeah. guy, that, you know, pretty typical... But down oh, to earth, God. and he yeah. opened up to her, and like yeah. he was almost too good to be true. Yeah, <laughs> I actually looked up. Um, he's got this scar on his face. I don't know if you know if you see. He's got this scar on his face, and I don't know why, but I was looking it up, and apparently when he was a kid, he got bitten by a dog or something. So oh, that's wow. why he's got this, this yeah, scar sure. on his face. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm sure all our, all our yeah. listeners that have, will know that already. Anyway. <laughs> Badass. Should have made a better story though. Should have. All right, let's talk about some scenes. scenes. Specific scenes. I loved. I loved the very first. Um, not the fairy tale scene, but the very first time you're introduced to the whole family, and it's just it's really it's really quick. You meet all the characters really quickly, but it's very informative. You find out that Margot's going to go overseas, but you understand the entire family dynamic. That Kitty is kind of going to be the comic relief and tries to break the tension. The dad's very much let's go with the flow. I want to have a good time. 
Lara Jean's very insecure and Margot's a go-getter. The whole Josh thing, it's funny because he doesn't fit in at all from, from the get-go, right? Like it mm. feels like, where does this guy fit in? And I, the whole time I was like, how old is Josh? Because he's the same age as Lara Jean, right? Mm. True, and he was going. And out he was with going out with Margot, Margot. and it, it never quite. He's probably two years older, I think. Yeah, it was, it was portrayed as that. It was a two-year age difference. And that always felt like a weird relationship. And obviously, the relationship never happens during the film. It's it's prior to the film mm. beginning. Um, it doesn't quite fit with me. But anyway, that first scene was a really great way. And like all of a sudden, you watch three minutes of the movie, and you're like, I get it. I'm in. Let's do it. Yep. I liked, yeah, I've said before, I like those, the opening and closing scenes, like that field of desire sort of coming full circle. Um, I really liked everything where they they subtly put in this Korean culture stuff. I really liked, you know, the start that dad's cooking a Korean dish and the kids are having a laugh about, you know, yeah. like dad's cooking. Uh, you've, yeah. got to, you, you've got to take a bite and say, oh, it tastes as good as mum's or yeah. something like that, you know. <laughs> but still, that was funny yeah. when she said that, <laughs> like to break the tension. Yeah. Still, it was like, it's like good that, you know, that... They've got this white dad who's happy to do that, and yeah. you know the, we spoke about the Yukult, yeah. uh, the cult, um, and then when they go to the ski resort, she's got the Korean eye masks on with yeah. uh, Lucas, and um, and I really liked the the shutdown of the Long Dong Duck character from Sixteen Candles when they're sitting there. Yeah. Like, oh, that, that's a racist. <laughs> He's duck. really racist, yeah, isn't racist. he? Yep. And they just left and moved on. I was like, perfect. <laughs> that was good. great. I yep. really thought that was yeah, good. Yeah, it's a good mm. point. Um, Kitty, there was some scenes there where she had this T-shirt on that said. Um, uh, girl power and I thought that was cool because she had this necklace on the whole time that said um, feminist yeah. so I was like that's a nice little way of mm. having these strong female characters and not jamming it down your throat and it's just this subtle little thing it's like yes that especially is that especially for is really a girl cool. who's playing what 10, 11 year old mm. yeah um, pretty cool I like yeah. the way mm. they did that I also like the scene on the running track where um, uh, Peter comes up with a letter and she sort of freaks out and sort of collapses I thought that was really well done like the, the camera movement and then sort of going back to the spin the bottle scene and mm. I just thought that was really well done um, I, was can't, good. I can't yeah. watch a running scene at a high school without thinking of super bad <laughs> <laughs> when, when Jonah Hill runs yeah <laughs> and the last thing I liked was um, there's a conversation between Peter and uh, Lara Jean um, they had that awkward dinner at Peter's mum and they made some comment about not her mum and she's like, I don't know yeah. mum. And then they sort of spoke together about, you know, their loss and how they deal with their loss. That was really, that yeah. You know what? Yeah, that was a really good scene. That was a really touching the scene. Peter and Lara Jean scenes where they were chatting together were really, really good. I mean, we've watched some films recently on Netflix where there's just been no chemistry between both characters. Yeah. Man, there was a hell of that a chemistry. There was a lot of chemistry, that yeah. That scene and then the, the other one where they went to the cafe mm-hmm. um, after the party. I love the fact that initially Lara Jean, that was probably my favorite scene, um, or preface it, where Lara Jean sort of gets up and is like, oh, so you're still texting Jen. In any other film, she'd get up in a huff and they'd be like, oh, here's the first conflict between the couple. And then it gets to the point where they keep sort of unpacking each other's character. And then Peter kind of gets lost in the moment and he's like, oh, so why'd you go for me? And she's like, oh, because we're just pretending. Yeah. And then he's, oh, yeah. yeah. And then he's kind of the one that's offended. I just, I love the ebb and flow between yeah. those two that they highlight their chemistry. They built that emotional connection to them as a couple, but also to you as an audience member. Yeah. No matter how offended he got as well, like he never gave up or changed or became angry. He was just, he's like, I just got to keep He's a dreamboat, man. He was, like, a, was just a really good, <laughs> good genuine guy. Like yeah, he really was. He was, he was really caring guy. and he, he was a really good, just a good guy. I still had that jock status where he just told the whole corridor, oh, you stop picking on Lara Jean. I'm like, yeah. this guy, tell you what. But he was happy on the bus for them all to cheer and rant. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of got called out a bit yeah. to make him do, to, yeah, to, to, do that. Yeah, to make him say that in the corridor. This is prior to him going to Jen's room and breaking up with her. 
So and he didn't even he didn't even oh um what's it LJ didn't even give him the opportunity yeah, to explain that was what he's classic. Doing, yeah. just yeah. let me explain yeah. no, no. no. Yeah. like oh, I bet you if you explain right now the movie will end in five minutes <laughs> <laughs> You've got another twenty minutes to go <laughs> any uh, anything else that stood out oh like I said before I, I, I love the running joke of uh, of Kitty wearing the bike helmet in the car <laughs> that was fantastic um, and I, I think when. Maybe when Josh at one point is kind of coming to the house and Lara Jean wants to get away and she climbs out her window and then falls and rolls off the roof. <laughs> Fant- on, did she, fantastic. Did she go out the front though? Because it looks like she goes out like the back window. I, I don't know. She rolls off the roof. It's hilarious. She rolls off the roof. It's like the front of the house, which is where Josh was at the door. door. But no yeah. one was there. Uh, I, I agree. I, cool I'm not scene. sure. But if someone rolls off a roof, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, and I'm sure in my other favourite was there was a Fight Club reference in this movie. So that, that's always good with me. <laughs> Can't talk about <laughs> it. More than one. Yeah. MJ? No, nah, look, I think we've spoken about it. Like, there, was, there was a lot of good stuff in this <coughs> film, um, but those scenes with, with Peter and LJ, best ones. All right, let's, let's talk about some things that weren't so great. Um, I, got, I don't have a lot. I've got a couple, though. So this is the first... Start, uh, yeah. This is the first Flix Forum... Um, movie that my wife's actually sat and watched with me this is her second time watching it Ooh. my first time um and when they're at the airport saying goodbye to um margot she goes it looks like they're in an art gallery not an airport and i was like i'm writing that down in my notes i'm gonna because literally that it was the worst airport set i've seen in my life yeah it was pretty bad <laughs> yeah it was so bad um so that's that, point. That, that was really bad um in the library and like she's in this um LJ's in this part where she's really down and out and she's like goes to eat her lunch by herself and there's this sign on the wall that says soft foods only that was a joke yeah. I didn't find that funny <laughs> that was a joke, a joke. that was alright how's that funny cause like what library do you go to where you can eat anyway <laughs> schools <laughs> no 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 but I just love the fact that it was like oh, it was almost just like say you can't crunch food or something yeah, yeah. it was a bit of a corny joke it was yeah. a bit it was a bit yeah, yeah. so it wasn't funny good yeah. I'm glad we agree um, I, I, I didn't <laughs> think it was funny no but yeah <laughs> so you mentioned before God, they, had, they had that Golden Girls um, segment and I was like okay that was the one time I had to pause it and I was like I need to go back and work out what they're talking about so the reason they were playing it was obviously because um, Josh did an impersonation of Blanche, one of the characters on there, and that's what they remind, reminded them of Josh. So I liked that reference, and the 16 Candles and Fight Club references, I think we liked as well, but it, to me, those references don't fit with the target audience of this film. They're like more the authors, like that's when the author was growing up, and it didn't really fit with the Instagram and the Skype and that, because you need, I felt like they needed to pick some films or TV shows that are more relevant to these people watching it. I, I would have thought the target audience of this film wouldn't have seen Fight Club. Yeah, but exactly. So, all Golden Girls. Like, seriously, what? We're yeah. not Golden Girls. 16 I, Candles, maybe. I was going to say, maybe. the 16 Candles thing, I get the fact that Lara Jean was a bit of a, you know, she's a bit more of a dag, and I can understand yeah. her being a big John Hughes yeah, fan yeah. and that kind of thing. That felt okay. Fight Club was almost just like, yeah, I'm a man. I'm, I'm a man, like yeah, Fight exactly. Club. Um, yeah. <laughs> And I, yeah. <laughs> I think they work enough, but it, it's a bit of a stretch. I, I'm sure you know what we should we should do? we should ask we we ask quite a few questions on our social medias on our social media platforms about um about the films we watched, and we're going to ask our audience this week uh, if they are in that age demo for for this film, what your relationship are with those two films, and whether you thought it was a good fit or not. Because to me, if like the I don't know if you you're the target audience for this film, maybe. 
Breakfast Club's more a John Hughes film that you, you, they they may be more it's the bigger film, yeah, it's the bigger it? film. Yeah. But maybe they picked that so that they could have that um, that racist stereotype and then tie that in as well. So maybe it was a, a joint thing. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, I think the Sixteen Candles would be more. I think is more appropriate for this kind of audience compared to Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club so, yeah. yeah, and then Fight Club. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but I'm. Uh, but, like, that's yeah, what I, I enjoyed it. So everyone knows Fight Club. Yeah, you've seen them not. You know what's yeah, like, yeah, badass. yeah. You know what Fight Club is. Yeah, I'm talking about. Um, another thing that sort of annoyed me was when um, Lara Jean discovers that green box has disappeared. I really didn't like how they had Kitty sitting in the foreground and she's just got this look on her face. They like, made oh, it I'm too obvious. It way too, yeah. obvious. Way too like, obvious. She's done it, and yeah. I was like, that's too obvious. Hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, I think that made the first time. Yeah, glossed over the second time. I, I thought the whole contract thing was a little bit weird about, you know, we're going to pretend that we're going out, but I, I'm not, I'm, yeah. And, you know, this is what we need to do and this is where it's going to end and it's going to be at the ski trip and it's like we're setting out all these plot points. But I did like that it was her taking control of the things that are important to her. So, like, she's like, you know, I don't want my first kiss to, you know, just be this. Yeah. I want it. So, mm. although I didn't like the contract idea, I did like that it was used to give her the opportunity to, to be in control and, and say, this is what I, how I want it to happen and this is how it should happen, not because you're using me or, yeah. The whole thing was very high school young love though. Yeah. The contract with the, the girl being like, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this properly and I'm going to mm. take that control and the guy like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm in, so you just yeah. do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That, yeah, that's all I got. I didn't love, I didn't love when, <laughs> when she reverses into him in the car and it was meant to be that awkward, meet, cute, even though they knew each other, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think they forced that meet cute a little bit too much, and I think the next one where they're in the cafe was much better, and you needed something before that. And that car scene—that's another bit where Kitty did my head in too, because she goes, "Oh, who's that?" It's like, well, as an audience, we already know who it is. We don't need to know that you need yeah. to know. Yeah, who it is. yeah. Actually, that reminds me of another thing. I, the one thing that really bothered me was with Peter and Josh and Lucas. She kind of explained the letter situation, but none of them asked, and she never said that she didn't mean to send the letters out. Yeah. So these guys are like, oh, thanks for the letter. She's like, oh, it doesn't mean anything. But the first thing I'd be like, then why'd you give it to me? Yeah. Or who gave it to me? Yeah. It was just no kind of like, actually... oh, they just kind of accepted it and yeah. moved She's like, on. Oh, yeah, I wrote it years ago. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. And I'd be like, oh, why have I got it now? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that never what's going on? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I needed that context. We, yeah. If you write me a letter, Lara and Jean, I need some context around when you wrote it and why you wrote it and what state of mind you're in right now. Yeah. But you're welcome to write me one. Alright. Um the the porch scene when Margot's kind of come home and Laura Jean and Peter have that fight and then Josh kind of comes up to defend. Mm. A little creepy from Josh, just to kind <laughs> of stalk up kind of behind them and do that. Thought that was a bit creepy. And then um Peter kind of has a... No, sorry. J- Josh has a go at Peter saying, you know, all these things to him and stuff. And I guess I just didn't kind of believe Peter to just stand there and take it. I thought, you know, there should be some kind of physical altercation. Not, not necessarily he comes up and punches him, but, you know, he, he gets in his face or he pushes him or even just says something back to him. It just didn't seem right that he just allowed Josh to just say these things That's and then just... Character. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, it's, I it mean, would have changed it. would have changed, but, I mean, he guess he's you know, he's still that kind of jock guy. I guess it, 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 it still took, Is I think, jock? Josh to call him out. He plays lacrosse. He's a yeah. jock. <laughs> he, he's a jock. Um, yeah, he I, took I, the moral I guess, high ground so well. There. Yeah, but, yeah, I, I, I would have rather he'd done something. I, I think the only reason mm. that they brought Josh into that scene was so that then Margot could hear the conversation yeah, yeah. and rather than him being there to have a go at 
and Peter. It's still creepy for him to walk out. Oh, yeah, I like that. That was strange. I kind of. I, I was actually really happy when Peter when Peter didn't react, didn't retaliate, mm-hmm. and was walked away because it, then it made the next confrontation confrontation is probably the wrong word. The next time he spoke to Lara Jean, is that a lot better at school? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that if he, if he had sense. blown up, then that next scene's a whole different story. So. Mm. She wouldn't, have been, she wouldn't have been as willing to be like, oh, you just defended yeah. her. Yeah, you've got a whole other thing to be sorry for. Mm. All right. What are some themes that we, we've, we've spoken a lot about these themes already yeah. as we've been talking. Come, come. So I think, I think one of the big ones that stood out was, you know, this question of identity, like the whole film, it's um, her trying to work out who she is, like self, self-discovery and, and trying to be someone she's not. And they said like, you know, trying to be someone you're not is never going to work. And I feel like by the end, she's probably worked that out, that she's been able to say, hey, I need to stop having this fake relationship. I'm happy to have a real relationship. It's, well, that's the thing. She wants every part of her life to be that fantasy. fantasy yeah. um, mm. And this is like the really rough but rewarding journey that steps out into the real world without losing sight of who you are. And it's a really fun journey. I think that the scene with her dad where he's like, I've never seen you so happy. He's such a nice just checkpoint to say, hey, this is this is working. Like you might be tough at times, but... It's much better than reading a book or, you know, pretending someone's there when they're not. Yeah. All about coming of age. Um, there was this thing, like, too, about she, this invisibility. Like, um, she made comments throughout about, you know, um, I used to be invisible, but now people are looking at me, talking about me. And, you know, it, it's this thing about, yeah, sort of, and that ties in as well, opening up, becoming who you are. Yeah. High school, man. That's what it's like. <laughs> it's also one of, I guess, maybe one of the more subtle themes was uh, the dangers of social media, especially in that high school, you know. She's kissing him in the hot tub. It gets filmed. It gets passed around the school. You know, everyone thinks it's a sex tape. That kind of thing gets out. I think it's a real, real good message. The about way they dealt with that annoyed me a little bit. Like it was just like, oh, the sisters. Like I emailed Instagram and told them that it's child porn. So they're taking it down. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, that, that it's it's a lot more like that's mm. that was just too simple a, a resolution. But you know what? It's not a bad lesson if that does happen to you. I'm sure that's a good starting point. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. There's there's lots of processes to go through. But yeah. Definitely. Um. Yeah, I, I just thought it was like one line to like solve it. Yeah. Which is yeah. yeah. Um, there's sort of that, that underlying thing as well, dealing with loss and abandonment. Like, mm, um, massively. You know, so her mum was dead, Peter's dad had walked out, and both of them were like worried about letting people in because of the fear of being left behind. Mm. Um, and I really liked at the end where the, the dad sort of recognised when they sit down in the, the cafe and they play that song, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. That was nice. That was nice. And, and it was nice where he's like, you know, he said, acknowledged, I've relied on my daughters too much. Yeah. You know, I haven't been the, the father and let you guys, you know, you know, have this, you know, worry about having to step up for your mum and that sort of stuff. I really like that. Even when I think one of them said, like, I really want to talk about mum more often, but like, I know I can't, can't. like, it's too mm. hard. And yeah. It's a really nice realisation. Yeah. All right. What do we take away from the film? I re- So one of the things I loved, which is, is bleedingly obvious if you, when you watch it, is that, so many of the shots uh, um, have that central framing, right? So you've got the character looking dead bang in the middle of the screen. Um, and I just, I felt like it, it kind of had a, a dual, um, it, it worked It worked in two ways where it was used, I think, generally almost almost like from a humour, light-hearted perspective, which is something that Wes Anderson does yep. in almost every movie mm-hmm. he does. It adds that like dorkiness of it. But I also think it, Generally, when you're doing those shots, it, it's done to break the fourth wall because someone's talking to camera, um, like a house of cards or um, lemony snickets, all that kind of thing. But in this case, they're obviously not breaking the fourth wall, but I think it it makes it a lot easier to engage with the characters because you feel like 
they're talking at me, I'm listening to everything they're saying. But if you watch the film again, you notice it so clearly that every time you've got characters talking, they're framed directly in the me- in the middle of the screen, which you just it just doesn't doesn't happen in films. And mm. I, I thought it was really nice technique. It's part mm. of that um, eye maneuver, maneuvers that uh, Noah Centino does. It's just like it's like he's staring at you. It like, is. Yeah. <laughs> you listen more. And yeah. I think that's another reason why I thought the dialogue was so good. I yeah. thought the dialogue in this was really good. It helped tell a really clear story. The audience never got lost. But I think it's because they were talking to me the whole time. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. That's a nice little film. Like, it had a nice little message. Perfect for Netflix. Yeah. Per- perfect yeah. for Netflix. Like um, you know, like you said before, you get these repeat rewatches. Like you can't see people going back to the cinema to pay multiple times to see it whereas at home comfort of the couch I can just put this on multiple times I think Netflix so what this is the 103rd Netflix film I think they figured it out with this and the kissing booth that we spoke about earlier and Sarah Burgess is a loser all came around about the same time that this rom-com setup is a real winner for the streaming product and And they've done it again with the perfect date with the the, the same um, Centeno guy as well so I think it's um, I think we're going to see a lot more of it it's it's the slumber party movie right like if you're 14 years old and you've got the girls coming exactly that's exactly what it is I've got that in my notes a slumber party with a bunch of friends yeah I'm pretty sure I watched Twilight with a bunch of guys who'd sleep over one night I think I went to the midnight screening I I went to the last one in the midnight screening (laughs) (laughs) I was at the midnight screening for the last one and it says like Taylor Lautner's name comes up and half the audience starts cheering and then it says Robert Pattinson yeah. and the other half of the audience starts cheering I'm like where am I what is going on here wow <laughs> oh man crazy um IMDB I didn't use it didn't use it I didn't either my, oh, my one was when I jumped on when I saw Margot to see how old she was because I just thought she looked a lot older than her si- what her sisters were going to be. Yeah. What, what did you guys think of the line where um, LJ finds out that Kitty sent the letters and, and Margot says, like, her heart was in the right place and she says, um, her heart was in the right place but her face will be in the wrong place. <laughs> I want to wind back a couple of episodes and I really wish that that was Kevin James <laughs> saying, <laughs> saying that line. That would have yeah. fit. <laughs> that really would have fit in <laughs> true memoirs. Uh, I've, got, I've got some questions. Me too. Um, so Lara Jane, she like used these letters to express her feelings and it was her way of dealing with her crushes. Yeah. And the authors come of the book said, this is what she did in real life. Mm -hmm. So to me, the whole letter situation felt a bit weird compared to everything else that was in the film because they talk about Etsy. They talk about Instagram. There's a photo that's uploaded with her and Peter tags or his bae. Um, he talks about drinking kombucha, Skype. They've got the screensaver photos with each other. It's like this really online, digital sort of world. Surely kids these days don't write... Type like, them up? They, yeah, put them in their notes or send a Snapchat or something like that. Yeah, but he he, he wrote the love letters to her as well. He like, did them on like a little sticky note sort of thing. Like, in But return, it was still physical. I, I get that. Well, do people still write love letters? That's our second question for the week. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just a romantic thing, really. Yeah, it's... yeah I don't know. It just... yeah. I, it just to me it just felt it's completely different. You got these love letters, and you got them so um, enshrined in this technological world. It could it's like work visually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Might have been we, like a we snap, released a bunch a of bunch tweets, Snapchats or, or, yeah. tweets or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That was just something that I was like confused. Yeah, her video about. diary on Instagram story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, was there ever any doubt that um, Lara Jean and Peter weren't going to be together? No, no, no. none at all. No, this, this movie needed that. <laughs> really? This is what the movie <laughs> was. Don't you have like those, want to have those moments where you're on the edge of your seat and you're like, oh, they're going to end up together? Uh, true. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. They, they could yeah have it was been. very predictable, <laughs> wasn't it? Nothing really went wrong. Um, Pretty great relationship. 
Margot's reason for breaking up with Josh was that her mum told her before she died that she should never go to college with a boyfriend. Margot was flaky as hell, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, is, I didn't think that was a good enough reason. Nah, shocking I, reason. Nah, but, awful. But then, um, so when um, they're donating all the clothes, like... Um, Lara Jane made this comment about donating, recycling, throwing it away. And then she used it as like a spiteful comment against Margot to say like, you know, I didn't realize she could do this with people as well. Yeah. So I thought that was... That's yeah. showing that they're on a very different wavelength. Yeah. So. yeah. I don't know. I just thought that that was a like to give that as the reason for why she broke up with Josh. When we see these, you know, these flashbacks of, you know, her third wheeling and mm. doing all these dates, it's like... Yeah, I, I thought and he bought, he bought a plane ticket know, to go to Scotland with her. So and she didn't feel so bad about being like, oh no, nah, sorry, I don't like. If he's buying that, obviously it's a pretty serious, serious relationship, relationship as well. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a pretty poor excuse. She never seemed that invested though, did she? Mm. No, I got a real question yeah, for you guys. Uh, well, what? They're not real. No, nah, this is a real one. <laughs> if you could choose between drinking only water for the rest oh, of your no. life or drinking whatever you want, but it has to have a drop of pee in it, what would you choose? Drink whatever I want. Water. With a drop, with of, drop pee. of pee in it. Yep, definitely. You just go the water. Well, it depends how dehydrated the pee is. It's a drop of pee. <laughs> it's just a drop. <laughs> but like, if you've got a Sprite and it turns yellow, then that's pee. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a glass of water, it might turn a bit yellow too. Yeah, exactly. It's a good that's question. A, no, it's not. It's a good <laughs> question. <laughs> I don't think there's a right answer. So you'd give up beer, Jesse? Oh, that's a tough one. See? But beer's made from water, so is it water-based drinks? No, it's just, <laughs> just plain tap water. It's a silly question. Like, I don't even know why we're debating this question. I think it's a good one. <laughs> I paused it. What, I, I what's, paused your, what's your answer, MJ? I think it's got to have a little bit of pee. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. It can't be that bad for you. No. Uh, I, I, I couldn't just drink water the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, Great question. So there's the scene where um, she gets in the hot tub and she gets in in her nightgown. She does. And then they're in there for a bit or whatever and then they go back upstairs and she's lying in bed looking at the sky all happy and she's in the nightgown and it's dry as. <laughs> it was like... I was like... I I think we missed the scene where she got like her hairdryer or something and yeah it was it it wasn't a great continuation yeah I was like you just got in in your full nightgown you're lying in bed your sheets will be wet she's on cloud nine she doesn't care what she's wearing um I got the sequel like so we see that post sort of mini credit scene where that um the John dude rocks up do we know anything about like I haven't read the sequel do we know much about the sequel uh, no, no, sorry. No, so if anyone's listening, me to say, yeah. All, all, all I read was that kind of he comes in and he causes like havoc in the relationship between Laura Jean and Peter. Peter, yeah. Okay, that's kind of all I've said. But yeah, so I think I think he, he now plays a major part, and yeah, because like I didn't I didn't know that there were, when I watched it I didn't know there were books. And I just saw Me neither, that, yeah. I just saw that post-credit scene and saw Kitty answer the door and I was like, ah, oh, this is a laugh at ha, this guy's a bit awkward. I didn't realize that yeah. there's yeah. a whole other story. That's what I thought as well. Yeah. I thought that was at the end. It's like, oh, oh yeah. hang on, yeah, this is gonna continue on. But if you're that interested, books there, you could probably smash it out in a day or two. I'm not that not that good a reader. <laughs> I um I thought why address the letters? You're just asking for trouble. Like, you know, she writes the letters. You just have the letters in a stack in that box. It's fine. Don't actually put them in the envelope there is and a bunch address of them. Fifteen-year-old girls right now saying, "Heath, if you want to do this <laughs> properly, you need to do it properly." You're asking for trouble. It, it's, it's just it's so, so much easier for them to get out. What did she say? At least I didn't put a stamp on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Come on. That could have been done. It could have been. She could have solved all her problems by just not addressing them. <laughs> What do you think about the voiceover? <laughs> like, voiceover is contentious, but I felt like that it wasn't used. It wasn't much used. Film. No, yeah, I, right. I felt like that it was perfect. Thought, like, you, you were on her side, and that was okay. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, 
I didn't mind the um, the cards throughout there, like with the update of the date or the, the months. I thought that was good as well to show us that time is progressing. It's yeah. not just all happening within a week. Mm. I thought that was good too. And it sort of gave you that, you know, oh, the ski trip's coming up in the back of your mind the whole time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Um, I think it's almost time for us to give our um, film rating where on our show we each rate the film out of five. Um, heat up. Hit us off. Give us your, your rating. Um. Well, I'm not the target audience of this film at really? all, and this is really obviously this is not the kind of movie that I would normally uh, watch. Um, there were some funny moments in it that I laughed at. Um, I thought it was a great performance from Lana Condor as well as in the lead role, but overall, I didn't like the film and it's pretty rubbish. <laughs> I, I give it a two. I did five. not get that vibe from you from this whole conversation. I tried to be positive about it, you but were really positive. I, I was, yes. I, I tried to be positive, but no, I didn't like the film. <laughs> I was like all week. I've been nervous about this film. I'm like, I just don't want Heath to use the word rubbish. <laughs> always use the word rubbish. And then we're listening. I'm like, you know what? This is a breakthrough. <laughs> Heath has enjoyed this film, and then you called it rubbish. Sorry, I didn't. Okay, MJ, I'm I'm thrown. I was like, <laughs> I've go, been huh? enjoying this. I, you go, Jess. All right, I'll go. Um, well, I, I came into this thinking I'm going to listen to what you say, MJ, because I was thinking maybe you can turn this a bit for me or bump my, my result up a little bit. Um, oh no, I'm, I, I'm not going to bump it up in 10, no, 15 seconds well, after we've spoken for an hour. No, no, well, we've spoken about it. Oh, sorry, I was like, sorry, I meant out of scotch. I was like, I was like, you know, I came in here going, okay, this is what I think I'm going to give it, and I was like, let's see if this conversation moves me a little bit um i mean it's a nice little film and to me maybe it's just a little bit too nice They're, like i spoke about before there weren't enough downs or these sort of moments that need to be overcome so while it's not relatable to me i can sort of see why it's got such a big following and why it's got such a big fan base yep. um so i'm gonna stick with i'm gonna give it two and a half out of five so are you saying that? So why do you think I was gonna? Well, I thought you might have pushed it up to three for me. Yeah, I was okay. like, you might have, might have been able to do it because I, I, I had a feeling that you might. Have I do have that effect out. sometimes. Yeah. For me, despite the film being found founded in cliches and ideas that have been done hundreds of times before, it was really hard not to enjoy. Um, I felt connected enough to the themes and the characters and the chemistry between the actors was bang on. It's fun. It's light. It certainly captures the thrill of a crush but definitely highlights enough important themes to feel responsible to its target audience. Um, this is three stars for me. Very nice. So um, on our show, we add up our results and give it an average out of five, and Hita's going to fill us in. Two and a half out of five oh, is nice. the average. Good, so two and a half out of five. Um, we have a strong social media presence, and based on this discussion today, we want to hear everything you've got to say about what we've said. Everything. Everything. Um, we put a question up for the week. This um, question I've taken from some of the dialogue, um, so it's you've got to tell people how you feel when it feel. Well, sorry, I'll start again. You've got to tell people how you feel when you feel it. Is this easier said than done? Oh, Jesse, of course it is. That's a difficult thing. Oh, I don't know. Oh. No, absolutely, I agree with MJ there. <laughs> well, a lot, a lot easier said than done. Ooh, okay, we'll, we'll see. Um, some people like to be blunt. And True. <laughs> yeah, they do. Some people like to be very. Do blunt. You know why? It really depends on the topic. I agree. It does. So um, I'm looking forward to hearing. Talking what about films, we're pretty happy to tell you how we feel. Except exactly. for you, you hid that for 55 minutes, Heath. <laughs> So oh, well. <laughs> that'll be on our social media channels. We're at Flix Forum on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you've enjoyed what we've said about films today, feel free to subscribe to us. We um, do cover, or we're covering Netflix films from um, release date in order. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, 
Google search us, you'll find us there as well. Um, it's been a bit of fun, um, sort of covering a different, more recent movie, I guess. Yeah, it's been good. I mean, we've been we've done twenty odd films already, and this is nice to jump into to one of the bigger films that Netflix has got. We know there's plenty more to come, but it was good to sort of skip the order and, and, and listen to the fans. And if there's any feedback that you guys have about what we do and what you want to hear from us, we are all ears. Yeah. So good catch up. Always good catch up. Thanks, boys. And uh, thanks for good listening. Fun. Good night. Cheers.